The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast and get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered, patron-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast, where we're already in full laughter mode. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. (laughs) Today we'll be talking about planning on paper, cats, and would you believe it, arts and crafts. I was really worried about saying arts and cats. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, also that. Also that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You guys, I have a very important update. Oh, please. Uh, a A few episodes ago, I told you about how my mom found several yards of fusible interfacing inside the front of our upright piano. <laughs> right. And yes. and no one had any idea how it got there. And I would like to update you that the mystery has been solved. And Good. And apparently my brother, who is a musician and who sometimes plays the piano, is the one who did it. He said, oh, yeah, I put that in there to kind of help deaden the sound and create a different sound to the to the piano. Um, I'm sure that I asked you if I could take that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, well, I mean, I guess it's possible that I just really don't remember giving you the last of my interfacing, but okay. Surely, <laughs> surely there is fabric that would be more appropriate for this purpose, but I well, guess. And that's just it. I feel like if he were to ask, different fabric would yes. have been offered up because it would have made more sense. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh the, my goodness. It has to have just been that this was nearby he just spotted it it was you know whatever and yeah and it worked but uh it was and not he probably a ghost. meant to put it back i <laughs> i don't know i don't know but it was oh yeah it was not ever going to be usable again because it was scrunched and now dusty and all of that but anyway <laughs> yes was this uh, particular sibling friend of the pod anders Yes, yes, it was, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just felt very him. I'm I, not angry. Know, agree. Just funny. Felt, you know. Speaking, speaking of felt, you tend to have felt around, and I feel like felt might have been a good choice. Yeah, although I, I will say that if he had found some of my felt just around, I would have probably been more upset because I <laughs> pretty much have like wool blend felt. So um, yeah, that would have been more expensive to replace. So I guess I'm, I'm glad that fairly inexpensive interfacing was <laughs> what he took. But yeah. I'm sure I could. Have I accidentally him some once or bought a bolt of, um, actually really convincingly real looking polyester. I guess um, felt. And I used that for everything because it was cheap and yep. it was bolt size. <laughs> and I feel like that would have been just perfect. Uh-huh. So, you know that uh, big project that I've been working on that I've been sort of hinting around about for the last episode or two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what that project was, um, was a cross-stitch pattern and video for country music television and it was based on 1990s country music stars which is cute yes yeah and so it finally went live um across all the country music television platforms and is downloadable with instructions and such but it was a completely different kind of making than I usually do um, because the video, they wanted a video of me making it. And so 
I did like an overhead time lapse of it happening and it ended up looking so cool and thankfully my spouse does things like this for a living yeah and so the setup ended up working out super well (laughs) and so it ended up very cute and I'm very pleased and a college friend was the person who reached out to me from that company to see if I could do this because she had my Golden Girls book and (laughs) was looking at the Golden Girls book and was going to contact the person who wrote it and then saw it was me. That's so cool. We used to live down uh, down the hall in the dorms together. (laughs) And yeah, so she hired me to do this, not knowing that I grew up in rural Michigan and spent the entire 1990s (laughs) being dragged to every country music show within 300 miles. Like throughout the entire 1990s. So not only was I capable of designing the thing, I actually know all of the stars that Mm -hmm. I was researching and like their albums and the songs and had suggestions based on that. And they were deeply confused (laughs) briefly that the um, aging hipster from Brooklyn (laughs) knew all about 90s country yeah it's it is this project is equally like not at all who one would think you are and then also completely perfect for you Mm -hmm. isn't that (laughs) funny and it it was super fun to make and design like for a long time i was very over country because i was you know a snobby music jerk um but it was actually really fun going back through and listening to songs that i remembered and just appreciating them for what they were not for you know my mom dragging me to fill in the blank thing (laughs) and so i just really enjoyed it and if people who are listening happen to be country music fans the uh people that I included are Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre, Alan Jackson, and Shania Twain. So if you are interested in that, there will be a link to all of the things in the show notes. Yay! Cool. <laughs> that is a really cool gig. Yeah. Yeah, it was so weird and so fun. Yeah, I it's so cool. I did not think that's what I was going to be doing during <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> that was the last... I don't think I would have ever come up with that. Yeah. So, no. yeah, it was great. <laughs> That's fun. Um, well, what I did last week during month, what what is this, month infinity of lockdown, month four, um, <laughs> I had a very nice and wholesome uh, make, do, and men moment that also officially have a- has added macrame to a life skill level list. So let me define oh. this. So life skill, when I say life skill, I mean like a crafting skill or something that you can apply to like a practical application in real life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And macrame, not necessarily something you'd think too much about unless you got like a horse to tie up on a regular basis or something. Or you're like a sailor tying knots. (laughs) I was going to say, sailing a boy scout. Yeah, exactly. Um, So the reason that macrame is now on this life skills list for me is I used it to repair... um, we, ha- we got these lawn chairs with our house when we bought it because our neighbors moved out of state and they just didn't want to bring these big reclining chairs. And I think they're called like zero gravity chairs or something. It's not like some fancy brand. It's just a style of lawn chair that's popular yeah. for those who are yeah. familiar. They're very comfortable for your low back while reading. I'll just say that. <laughs> they're great for outside <laughs> napping. Um, but they were they were kind of old. And so the elastic that held the like seat of the chair almost in a hammock-like suspension Oh. fully covered in like like the elastic was shot because it's been outdoors year round for years because there's no such thing as a garage in a lot of <laughs> Chicago and um, <laughs> and so first of all taking off that nasty completely not flexible old elastic gross yeah. but I got to use my macrame <laughs> skills to um, repair the chair and now it works great and that's so exciting because that was like several hundred dollars of chair that would have 
just gone in the garbage. So recycling. I bet it looks better. Macrame. I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt or it feels like the seat's going to tear, because that's where we were at, because there was no flexibility in the elastic anymore. So I'm happy. Yeah. They're a functional chair that I didn't have to buy or ship or yeah. cause a bunch of waste about. So I'm amped. I mean, that seems like the best case scenario. Right. And I bet it looks good. It's fine. Yeah. I wouldn't have picked the chairs <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> well, I specifically mean the macrame part. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I've seen, well, I've seen knit and crochet, like, um, you know, the old aluminum lawn chair frames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I yeah. don't know if they make those anymore, but. We had a set I, of those that were an actual, like, macrame pattern when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen people do that and in crochet, knitting, and macrame. Mm-hmm. And it always, I always think it looks so much better than. <laughs> Whatever weird strips of like seatbelt tubing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like oh, yeah, seatbelt seat material. Oh yeah, the ones are the are <laughs> the older ones. Yeah. Then the like late eighties, early nineties ones were oh. that weird. And they just stuck I mean, to you. It was you. definitely a tube. Oh gosh, and made stripes on your butt. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I we oh. we I'm I pick I am picking up what you're putting down, Haley. <laughs> yeah, Midwest. Yep. But now, well, but now, probably, since, yeah, anybody not in a big city. Yeah. <laughs> but now that I have, but now that we're talking about this and I remember that those cool, like very much in my like aesthetic wheelhouse, 1980s macrame chairs exist. I want to tear these apart and macrame a whole seat, but that would take a lot longer. True. It would, but I mean, it would be satisfying. Maybe yeah, I'll do that this winter or something when do I don't need the, the chair. Yeah. <laughs> and if, you know, yeah. if that would make you like them better then that's worth it. Yeah, I might even spray paint the frames. Sorry, just thinking out loud I now. I really everyone. like where you're headed with this. I am in. I I like it, and and that is actually a perfect way for me to get started on this this first topic I have. But before I do that, uh, hey, we yes. want to give a shout out to all of our serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast who are supporting us at Patreon.com/slash/SeriousCrafts. We truly appreciate each and every one of you. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Um, thank you. We love you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now this, this idea of making the chair into what you want it to be mm-hmm. so that you can enjoy it. I'm going to start by sharing a quote for you. Uh, <laughs> this is from, this is from uh, <laughs> William Morris. And he said, if you want a golden rule that will fit everything, this is it. Have nothing in your houses that you do not know to be useful or believe to be beautiful. All right? So that's I have always loved that quote. It is such a good quote. And, okay, hang on a second. The cat has has been joining me. and She's been very, like, (laughs) we're going to talk about cats later, but she wants to leave. So hold on. Bye, Darcy. Bye, Darcy. Bye, cat. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Anyway, so William Morris is considered, like, one of the founding members or creators of what is known as the arts and crafts movement and Mm -hmm. when we talk about like now most of the time if someone says arts and crafts you probably think about like kits for kids Mm -hmm. it usually feels very like i think of architecture see that's because you are familiar with different (laughs) things but not everyone is familiar with the arts it's and because crafts I movement. watch too much PBS. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Which is also what kind of renewed my interest in this because this on, old house. Uh, yeah. Well, on on Acorn TV, which is you can get it as part of um, Amazon Prime. You can do like a, a free trial I have of that. it. There's a, it's it's there's some good stuff there. And there's a show called The Victorian House of Arts and Crafts. And wait, I, what? Yeah. Oh, it's only four episodes, but it's really cool. I mean, there's some things about it that get interesting, but whatever. Um, I mean, the fine, idea whatever. of yeah. Um, but learning about the arts and crafts movement, you you, if you're interested in it at all, you should watch the show. The idea is they take a a group of artisans and they have them live in the time period of the arts and crafts movement, which was around the. Um, the turn of the century. It got mm-hmm. started in the late 1800s into the early oh, that's um, 1900s. 
and they there's have a them. food show that does that too yes and there's that has other... sue perkins in it yes i love that show and they have some food things in this i will say uh yeah there's a few weird food things that come oh in wait this. you're why i yeah. know about that aren't you yes <laughs> i am I am, but uh, <laughs> sorry, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, so they they give them pieces of artwork or furniture things that would have been from the arts and crafts movement that time, and they have them recreate them or do something you know that is similar to that, and they're making all of these things by hand, um, and it's really it's really interesting to watch. Um, them research that and and jump into it and and make beautiful things and that's basically what this whole movement was about it came after the victorian era of things being very ornate and overdone very rooms that are very full of of just stuff who are you calling ornate and overdone (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say I was going to say, say, keep going, Molly. This is music to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, you had lots of embellishment on things. And it was beautiful, but they decided to simplify things. It also came around, it, they centered around kind of a, a protest against the Industrial Revolution. And yep. they didn't want everything just machine made. This was a call to make beautiful useful things but often showing the um craftsmanship which is why in bring back the dovetail joints yeah exactly and that's why in like the united states it is often more closely known as the craftsman style so like Mm -hmm. frank lloyd wright was Mm. heavily influenced by this and so i've always been really familiar with it because my dad is a big craftsman fan and so as Mm -hmm. things have um upgraded on our like 1970s ranch house uh he has put in more craftsman elements and you can you can even kind of see that just speaking as someone who's been to your home mm-hmm. that's really cool. yeah and so you know you get like the chicago bungalow is heavily influenced by this but you know a lot of the pieces you have some things that look very streamlined especially coming out of the victorian era but then you have others that still have you know beautiful detailing but you have things if you search for um yeah but like tool detailing yeah exactly and it was like block print wallpapers and hand bound books and all of these just i mean the which i guess technically also like wallpaper it has been hand printed for a long time but not in the same way. And as... they were they were looking to put together like these artist communities. And in fact, that's what yeah. they did in a lot of cases where they were hand making it. It wasn't just about going in and buying it from the catalog. It was, you know, doing it, doing it themselves and having some of that element to it. And... Oh, right. I mean, screen printed like. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or. Or stamped. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, it was... And then you have, like... Like, the metal work on things is amazing. And, of course, yeah. you know, I'm going to get excited about the embroidery aspect. And uh, so there's... I, I'll put some, th- some links in the show notes. One of them is from an embroidered piece that Jane Morris, William Morris's wife... Um, Jane and then their daughter May both worked on this embroidery piece and it's she designed it they embroidered it it's really oh, I mean wow. it's very complicated it's not like just everything is super simple it's it's amazing um it's and they beautiful. said like they even though they know that she did a lot of embroidery they don't have a lot of pieces that they know were her pieces but this is one that they do know. And so I will I will share that. But I was also I was looking through a book that um that is my dad's and it's called In the Arts and Crafts Style. And looking through there's a number of embroidered pillows and table runners and curtains and things that I 
they're often they're often simple or they have a little bit of maybe like block printing and embroidery and I've made pieces like that before and probably not even realized how I was influenced by that but uh anyway I just it it, in one sense is really cool because it's not exactly symmetrical either right and that would Hmm. be that would be part of the it's handmade and that's okay kind of uh Uh, feeling to it and I think in a lot of ways it reminds me of for lack of a better term like the modern Etsy movement or Mm -hmm. the um yeah you know just kind of the this desire to have more things that are handcrafted and (laughs) nicer and you know and it you know it gets into some interesting ideas because obviously that requires more time and so it's more money and so not everyone is able to have those things unless they learn to do them themselves but that if you don't have a lot of money you may not have the time to put into it making a handcrafted thing very often so Mm -hmm. it gets complicated certainly uh Mm -hmm. but it does but also it's there's no rush on those sorts of things if you end up having a few minutes here and there Yep. And I think it might take you 20 years to make a pillow, but okay. Yeah. And, and if it, you know, going back to the idea of something that you believe is beautiful, then just Mm -hmm. enjoy that. And, and that's okay. But anyway, I just, I, well, it's beautiful and it's useful. And I love that. Yes, exactly. Hmm. That used to be specifically my style of making when I started blogging um I only wanted to make things that were able to be used right and I wanted them to be pretty how I ended up being a cross-stitch book author is somewhat confusing given (laughs) my feelings on liking things to be useful but um I just so appreciate that you brought up this subject it's you know I think it's like the uh it's like the hundred year old version of what I would want my work to be mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so yeah it was I was excited to um be excited about it again if that makes sense like because <laughs> I've I've been interested in oh, this yeah. off and on for a while but like it just kind of reawakened in me and so yeah well, and I think anyway. I think I think the arts and crafts movement is a good one to have in mind, like in these troubled times, as they say, because <laughs> like we've talked about it before, like I, I, all of our relationships to home and what home means and the value we place on home is evolving right now, and I think that looking at the care that was taken in the arts and crafts movement and why it became so popular, I think is something like, I don't know, I find it very inspiring, I guess. Yeah, not really yeah. a profound contribution, but <laughs> there you no, go. No, <laughs> it's it's very real. <laughs> yeah, which so, I think yeah. is the point. I don't. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't think that uh, that it needs to be profound at all. Yeah, to yeah. F- fit in perfectly. Yeah, I was trying but, to explain. Um, I'm sure you both. I, uh, you both are familiar with the song "Simple Gifts," right? Yes. Okay. My husband was not familiar with it at all, and I, we were talking. I married into a Quaker family. Oh, you're, you're the choir here, then. <laughs> <laughs> I see also arts and crafts movement. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was so funny because I was just talking. We were talking about like um, it wasn't like we sat down and we're like, let's have a family chat about graceful, great gratefulness, blah blah blah. Like that's too corny. I will. That's not my life. Um, <laughs> but I was just talking about feeling more and more grateful these days and trying to remember that when I was just or stressed. And, um, then that made me think of like the song, simple gifts and the message behind it. And then this ties into the arts and crafts movement. So it's just nice how things all dovetail. Yeah. Um, so nicely. Yes. Very nice. I'm done. <laughs> so, um, just to roll us along here. Haley, oh, yeah. uh, do you have any any plans for beautiful and useful objects that you'd like to make anytime soon? 
I'm not sure that I would call these beautiful. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) a um, woman named Katie from the blog Adventures in Makery featured my Golden Girls book on her site, and her site has pingbacks, so I was alerted when she linked to me and the book. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote her a note because she didn't have comments enabled, um, thanking her for talking about the book. And her in her response, which was very pleasant, at the end was attached just the cover photo of this pamphlet called Kitty Couches. <laughs> and, um, let me, as, a, uh, as opposed to doggy Davenports? Like, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, uh, here. Wow. It's holding it up for, uh, for Molly it, and Heidi, but there will special. be a What a year photo. would you, do you know what year that's from? Weirdly enough, the copyright is 1998. Oh my goodness! The first one. No way. That so, looks like a solid like 89 to 91. I. No way. I, I'm looking at it. it. The copyrights are 1998 and 2017. Oh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I don't believe it either. Okay. Um, <laughs> I I think that these probably came from maybe another book Mm. that um so what these are to explain to people not looking at this pamphlet is a collection of three miniature couches like with throw pillows and sometimes granny square blankets thrown over them. Oh, perfect. Um, that are <laughs> cat bed sized. Molly said perfect. That are perfect. Yes, they are perfect. I, I completely agree. That Sorry. pun was completely yes. unintended, too. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you're right. Um, and so when she sent me more or less without comment that photo at the end of the email i immediately got on ebay and (laughs) there there was one copy in russia somewhere and i was like nah that's gonna be a thing um and so i put up an alert and one came up and i got this for significantly less expensive than the other copy had been and it arrived yesterday (laughs) along with two other cat related books which was kind of excellent timing Uh uh-huh and so like these are very 90s colors that these couches are and there's a very irritated looking cat sitting on one of them in the photo and that one seems to be placed in front of a fire grate i don't know um it's strange but (laughs) i mean all around (laughs) yeah so there's like a circular mauve one and then like your standard looks pretty much like my couch but with the ruffle or that around the bottom yes. of the couch. Um, Gotta have that and, couch ruffle. Yeah. So it's like the the muted sort of slate blue and the muted teal. It's So I guess I would believe 90s for this, given the colors. So I, I have been flipping through it, and I, the, it seems like it was a pamphlet for beginners, it was definitely sold. Um, this one is like um, at Annie's Craft Store, but I've seen them branded specifically for other stores too. Ah. And so on the back is like a stitch guide and basically teaches you how to crochet. Mm-hmm. And 
I think this was meant to be like a beginner sort of catch-all project book. And, excuse me, the couches are just so amazing. And I have to make one for Mr. Big Stuff. Yeah. I, I just... I'm. I must. So, are these mostly like du- like duvet or slip covers for a couch? And then you're supposed to have a tiny feline couch laying around? Oh no no! You are constructing. Oh okay. And stuffing the couch, as far as I can tell. Okay. Um. All right. Or like it's it's pillows. Yeah, that is a. Yeah, because there are instructions for, like, how to make the headboard and how to make the pillows and the structures. So this seems to be a fully crocheted item. Although maybe there's some either cardboard or wire shaping. I can't tell. But it's a worsted weight yarn book of cat couches (laughs) what a find by candy clayton that is the designer all right candy clayton's kitty couches indeed and i just i'm in love with everything about this and i will post the cover well in many places because it's just (laughs) amazing and the cat is so mad so mad to be on this couch. So when you make the one for Mr. Big Stuff, are you gonna make it like just a mini version of your couch? So that they That match? was kind of the plan. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Yep. Um maybe get some uh little wooden feet to put on it. I'm gonna make this a project that doesn't need to be this complicated. Of That's course. what's gonna happen. Okay. Ooh, you know, you could use plastic canvas to create the structure yeah yeah all right (laughs) anyway so that's a thing you too can crochet a couch for your cat Mm -hmm. and they will be as delighted as the kitty on the cover i'll have to i'll have to hold out for doggy davenports (laughs) (laughs) i am positive that 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 exists positive got Uh, yes. Okay. It's a perfect thing. Uh, All right. Yes. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Kitty couches. Um, I don't think Mr. Big Stuff will fit on these couches. You might have to make him a doggy (laughs) tap (laughs) and (laughs) point. Sorry. I think that that's the funniest phrase in the world. Anyway. Oh my gosh. It just reminds me of my grandma, who definitely called the couch the Davenport. Yep, that's where I go. That's that's my grandma. She does that yep. to this day. Yep. Anyway, um, uh-huh. <laughs> so in, um, I don't know even how you segue from kitty couches I... to cutting my husband's hair during COVID, but here we are. Things that are hairy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thing, yeah, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> um, so I recently talked about cutting my own bangs and having great success, even though they already need trimmed again. Um, and by great success, I mean it worked. Um, yeah. My bangs became shorter, so I considered <laughs> that a victory. But my husband started, I mean, we're talking like month three and a half of sheltering in place. And... Uh, my husband is like, I'm going nuts, Heidi. My hair's in my face all the time. I can't cut this. Can you just do something to it? And if you mess it up, I'm very fine with a buzz cut. I would just need, I need to have less hair on my head. And I was like, okay, let's give it a try. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> um, it was funny because, like, I, long story short, it, this really didn't seem, like, in the end, it was not that hard to give my husband a full haircut like an actual fade like using real clippers with multiple sizes it's not hard especially with clippers are reasonably user-friendly yeah and so i was brand new to that so i was like so freaked out because i was like this is too hard blah 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 it was fine and um i'm linking the one video that i watched in the show notes um and i watched that like one time and it was totally good the hardest part is when after you cut when you cut a man's hair, you shave all the way around the back of the head, and then you need to even out the top by hand. 
that's the part that's hard because it's like, do I cut it so it's all one length straight up as it grows out from the head or do I just eyeball this? <laughs> I think the answer is eyeball. I yeah. used to cut Jeremy's hair all the yeah. time until I finally got sick of it and made him start going to a bar. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I use the method of like pulling it out so that it, you know, and holding it between my fingers so that I can see where it needs to be cut. And then I do short snips <laughs> all along mm-hmm. so that yep. they are not all perfectly the same length because otherwise yep. It, yep. it's more obvious if you've gotten it wrong. But yeah. Yep. Yeah, the hardest part, I think, I, I think just with a few more practices, I'm, I'll get the top, the top notch trimming down. But I think that's the, that's the hardest part. It did take me two yeah, tries. Yeah, that's just more of an angle. Yeah. And it's hard to, it's hard to do and not make it look stark. Yeah. Yeah. And my, hu- the other thing, and this is very obvious, but I, my husband's hair is a lot thicker than mine. And he's also mm. like, he's graying. And so there's like curly hair in there too. And I was like, oh boy, I should have, <laughs> I should have learned how to do this when I just had one kind of hair, just one kind of hair to deal oh, with. Oh man, you should have <laughs> called me. Jeremy has thick curly hair. <laughs> It was, I couldn't believe it. I had to, like, really be careful with how I held his hair to get my really nice bang trimming scissors, like, through that business. So I might have to get some special uh-huh. Ed hair trimming scissors that are just stronger than my, <laughs> like, bang tissue paper hair. Well, you've hair. got real hair scissors, right? Yep. And there's, they, like, I've had them bought for hair, and I only use them on my yeah. bangs. Then you'll probably not get anything better. better. You just need to do less okay. at a time. Yeah, uh, fine. Hold yep. a thinner bit of hair. <laughs> yeah, because yep. I have like fancy hair scissors, and then just like the kind I bought at CVS. Right, the kind I bought at CVS, honestly, <laughs> are more user friendly, and neither one of them, yeah, is stronger than. <laughs> Jeremy's hair. It's just his hair, it's just like it slips out of my fingers more than mine. Like it's just a completely it's like it's almost like if I compare oh, my girls wanna go. Well, and <laughs> if I had to scary. compare like the fiber of an Edward versus yeah. a Heidi, if we were comparing like sheep fur, um <laughs> or wool, I guess. Yeah. It would be like different it's just different varieties. His hair is like it's like his it made me think of the plastic that like tags are attached to clothes on. And then my hair I'm like broke it in half. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So he has, like, he has not only a lot of hair, he has thick individual hair. Yeah. Not fun. Yeah. 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 That, that is the world that Jeremy lives in that I also do not live yeah. in. Fine hair forever. But I was just like, we. it did take two days to get the haircut to happen because Ed was like, just try this body hair trimmer. That didn't work at all. Uh, <laughs> hmm. It had a guard on it, but it wasn't cutting his hair. Like, it was just cutting the yeah. end. And I was like, honey, well, if you're going to yeah. have me give you a haircut, I demand that you buy a clipper because this is a waste of my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, we definitely have like the big pair of clippers and Jeremy trims his beard with them <laughs> instead of a beard trimmer. <laughs> okay. We, ha- we have a beard trimmer. <laughs> nope. Oh. <laughs> the big clippers. Anyway, oh, I don't man. know. I don't know if all these ha- this haircut content from yours truly is compelling, but I've learned many lessons, and it's not hard to cut a man's hair. Turns out, yeah. No, yep. this is relatable content. I mean, honestly, how many of us are either cutting our own or cutting other people's or yeah. directing people and cutting ours? Yeah. And he only looked um, like a friar for like one day, and then I figured out what I had done wrong. <laughs> I am just imagining it. It was like, bad. Oh, having, oh, dear. Uh, knowing. <laughs> no one was going to see him. Like. Unless he had an important uh, Zoom call. Um, I, oh, you know, here's the thing, though. Gosh. I just, I love that this still, okay, we get into different kinds of scissors and, you know, you know, please don't use your fabric scissors to cut your spouse's hair. And uh, I like no. the comparison to wool. That was, that was good. And I just think. We should all remember that if you if you cut your spouse's hair mm. instead of sending them out for a haircut, mm-hmm. you could, like, think of the craft supplies you could buy with that money. I know. Right? I mean, men's haircuts yeah. aren't very expensive. It, do- it doesn't matter. They need them more often. 
So in a and, year, think of how many skeins of yarn that could be. Well, and my, I'm not cutting Jeremy's hair again. I didn't think it was honestly. I told I told Ed I was like, if we're gonna be working from home till at least 2021, because that's what it's looking like for our household and his work. Um, yeah. I would just as soon save that money because men's haircuts at a nice barber can run up in the city in price. That's true. We've got one that's pretty close. That's like an old school place. Uh, okay, so I have been doing a little bit of of fun research into something that someone asked me if I knew about this and I didn't so then I had to know more about it uh so I have done some Swedish huck embroidery is a thing that uses huck fabric that is woven in a specific way it's usually toweling and you there's like some of the threads are like a looser weave that l- lets you thread your needle and thread through, like under those, as opposed to actually going through the fabric. And you make these yep. designs on the surface of the fabric. It's really cool. And my family's Swedish, so we have some vintage huck, toweling, uh, huck towels. And um, I have this really cool old booklet on how to do it and different patterns for it and stuff. So awesome. I have written about the Swedish variation on this before and i have a link to that in the show notes but i didn't know it was actually a variation and obviously with embroidery everything tends to connect to other things but this person asked me if i knew about a version that uses ribbon and Mm. i had oh yeah i know about that but Mm -hmm. and she specifically was wondering if because i knew about the other one do i know Mm -hmm. where to find the fabric that you that has the larger weave than even regular huck toweling so that you could thread ribbons under it so I started looking into it, hmm. and the ribbon version, well, not even just the ribbon version, but there is a version that is done in Brazil, probably by way of Portugal, and it's called Vagonici, and I'm hoping I'm getting the pronunciation on that correct. Uh, and so then oh, I started cool. looking, and it's... It's very cool. And, you know, I've done silk ribbon embroidery before, but this yeah. is more like you get into, like, weaving these threads to make pat or ribbons to make patterns. Also, some Vagonichi embroidery combines this method of going under the weaving, the, the weave of the fabric, and then still sometimes yeah. going through the fabric as well to make these different patterns. Yeah, it's like a combination of the ribbon embroidery Yeah, and the other technique. And I just, you know, when you find something that you kind of know about, but you don't know this other thing, I just got super excited. So here I am now. I'm like, I'm on Google Translate because most of the the ribbon version that I've found, pretty no, all of the ribbon version that I've found has been... In Portuguese. Coming out of, yeah, it's been in Portuguese okay. coming out of Brazil. And so you have to, nothing. Some sites have a translation option on it. Otherwise, I'm like back and forth between things. Mm-hmm. And so I found then a place that sells the fabric or the towels. But I, it's a matter of can you even get, it? like right now, a lot of, uh, a lot of, countries you can't actually ship to the united states right now during during covid and so it's like uh, a whole other thing please tell me you two both are familiar with nordic needle oh yeah i am of course. and that was the person okay. that contacted me i i suggested that she check out nordic needle the difference is the swedish or nordic version of the fabric it's a gauge it, issue right yeah it's exactly gotcha. it's a gauge mm-hmm. issue and so I, I wonder was, if Etsy sellers have it. Well, I so I heard back from this person because, of course, now we've been back mm-hmm. and forth, you know, sharing what we're finding with this. And she did find some on Etsy. And part of it, too, is what you have to like, because most of it is in Portuguese, you have to find the correct terminology to be searching with. And so gotcha. that makes a big difference uh, when you're just searching for huck toweling or sometimes there's other terms for it but you don't find the same stuff so 
finding it. So she found some a, a couple places on Etsy, but the question will be if because they were still not based in the U.S. So she's hoping to be able to to get it. But now it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. And it uses the ribbon that it uses is not like, you know, like silk ribbon embroidery. I could talk about some other time. It gets very expensive. I bet. This uh, this ribbon is more like, you know, the inexpensive satin ribbon that you can buy at any craft store on those, you know, dollar rolls or whatever they are now. Um, yeah. So, but you, it still makes these really cool designs. And so, yeah, I was just, I was very excited. And now I'm, I'm still searching to be able to find it, like get some of this fabric to try it myself. I wonder, because I was just poking around out of curiosity while you were talking, and um, there seems to be rugs that are made with this. So I'm wondering oh. if monk's cloth well, really wouldn't work. Or, or I, mean, I mean, really would Yeah, work. I'm sure that monk's cloth would. It's just, obviously, that's a little bit thicker, but I'm sure that that has mm-hmm. a bigger weave. You're right. That would work. Yeah. I've also because seen... there are rugs... Yeah, that seem to exist. Yeah, I'm looking at miniatures of these rugs, but and that seems to be a thing. I've also seen some, like when people do their own weaving of yeah, like a huck fabric. Then of course you've got oh. full control over the the size of that. And so I saw lots of examples of hand woven huck or oh. um, the Veganici fabric that is. That would easily do you have a loom? I do not. Like a not not no, that could either. do not could, that could do that. So um, maybe someday, mm. maybe someday. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there are so. always classes at my local place. So it just got me thinking about. Yeah, it. But, I mean, I know people who weave wow. that maybe could make some for me. I could probably commission some. But sure, I'm not quite it there looks yet. Really but, cool. Yeah, it's just. Um, Maybe we have listeners who have access to it. And that would be... And could let us know. I was about to say, I know for a fact there are North Dakota people who listen to this podcast because of me. And you want to know where all the Norwegians and Swedes live? Yeah. North Mm. Dakota. Yeah. Want to know where Nordic Needle is? Portuguese. (laughs) Not so much. Sure. Uh, But Um, anyway, yeah, so... That's really cool. I hadn't seen that. I'm uh, going to... (laughs) <laughs> add another another thing to my list of things to try <laughs> uh, what really do do we ever do anything else no no what is your hobby trying new crafts <laughs> everything give me a new one um so on the subject of cats because that's where i'm staying today <laughs> It's fair. In my collection of cat-related books that arrived yesterday was Kitty Couches, a pet-safe um, plant magic book, like you do. Okay. And um, this amazing book that Dover sent me, and I should say that they send it to me for free, but I'm not getting paid to talk about it. It's just cool. Um, They sent me this book called Cat in My Pocket Embroidery by Hiroko Kubota. And you know those really photorealistic um, like pet embroidery scenes that have been going around? This is basically that. And um... It's got 10 projects in it, but it has really, really detailed step-out photos of each step of the process. And so, like, it looks really complicated when you first see someone having done it. Like, it's one of those things that I would look at and be like, no, I don't have those skills. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... It's, uh, I guess the technique is often referred to as painting with thread. And it's actually so much more approachable than I had thought. Just looking at, um, so there are different kinds of cats. And I was 
looking at the tabby one specifically because it looks like the most complicated. And there are just step-by-step photos and instructions and colors and why you're choosing those colors. Oh, that's in even this better. Book. Um, so, like, you're doing this because you want to highlight this. Nice. And um, there are also, like, there's a section in the front for how to blend the stitches and how to make things look even and how to practice that. And it just, it's such a cool book. And it's the kind of book that I would think, um, it's intimidating, honestly, to look at. And then when I opened it, I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I could do this. I have all of these skills. Um, but the work is just beautiful. And I'll link to her Instagram I'm sure that many people have seen her work. And uh, there's also, like, dogs and fish and apples and, you know, things like that that she also displays. I'm looking at it right now. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some of them that are so good. Yeah. And this is going to, okay, this is going to, this might sound wrong, but they almost look like... They were done by machine embroidery where they literally just take a yes. photo and, and digitize it and it just and a machine just figures it all out and like just plots the whole thing. But like Yeah, like the, the it's cat I mean, on the cover. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. obviously when you really look at it, you can see the workmanship in it. But but yeah. just at first glance, it's- you'd never think that someone could have just done that by hand. No, no, it, it, they're really impressive. And the book is called Cat in My Pocket because the often um, this particular artist embroiders on clothing and there's a, this cat head is sticking out of the pocket and it's very cute. So anyway, yeah. I will link to Hiroko's Instagram and also the book, but... It's just really cool. And not many places are making books that don't look beginner-friendly on the cover Yeah. at the moment. And so I appreciated this especially when I think I requested it a long time ago when they sent out an email. And it's surprising the connection between how amazing this looks and how accessible it actually is. Well, and it sounds like... The way that the book is presented, it's actually setting you up for being able to do more of this on your own. It's not just yeah, follow this and get this. It by telling you the why of something, that's yeah, you're building you, the skills. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and it also comes with patterns, so you have the outlines already that they're talking about and yeah. such. But it's it's just really neat, and I I was really impressed. Cool. Yeah. Um. So everything I don't know. I feel like in the last couple weeks, my topics have been all about like very like classically, if you can even say classical after four months, very classically COVID crafting, as it were. That's gonna be your next <laughs> book, Haley. Write that book proposal. Oh uh-huh. no. Um. But anyway, and so I've been kind of feeling like, you know, it's we're almost to July, and that means we're six months through this godforsaken year, and it kind of felt like a good month to kind of be ready for, like, an organizational change of pace, just to kind of have my days have something a little different to them. Um, and so I decided that um, in an effort to, like, work on being more focused and being a little more intentional, which is kind of hard when one is anxious and depressed all the time, like the entire world is, understandably, right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> I decided to get back into um, using a paper planner rather than all digital um, to help keep me out of my phone and also, like, I don't know, have a place to do a little bit of journaling that's not just another app. Yeah, um, sure. And so right now I'm still in the setup phase again because this is a planner that starts July 1st and it runs for 18 months. But um, yeah, if any listeners out there do planner stuff, I'm not super into the scrapbooky part of the planner community. But if anybody wants to share their 
favorite place to find affordable stickers or whatever, I'm all ears. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Have you gone to, um, oh, never mind. I'm going to have to search for it. I think it's called Mochi Things. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very yeah. familiar with them. All right. Very cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And stickers from Japan are definitely like the one paper craft space that I'm like, yep, I will buy every Japanese sticker that I find because they yep. are all cute. See, also <laughs> organizational washi tape. Yes. I don't like washi tape, generally speaking, but give me one with a ruler on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yep. and have you done have you done bullet journaling, Heidi? I haven't, but a lot every all of my friends who love journaling are into bullet journal specifically. So I'm yeah. aware of it. It just has never been like my daily routine. Why do you ask? It seems <laughs> kind of like you are accidentally doing it. Yeah, because okay. I think I think that that's probably like if you're not into the scrapbooky part of it, that mm-hmm. bullet journaling, though, it brings it like combines the journal element and the planning and the um, calendar and, and all of that. Yeah, I've just been trying to do more like. I don't know, try to have, I, I posted about this on Instagram and talked to a few people about it, but um, trying to take slower mornings, not just jump immediately into work, try to be a little more intentional, blah, blah, blah. It's all just about trying to set up healthier routines to hopefully like yeah. make productivity happen in a way that can be elusive while working from home, as everyone now knows. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And also, I, I would just like to say that classically COVID sounds like a perfume <laughs> from, like, 1995. Totally does. <laughs> I'm We're super a very 90s nervous episode. about what that smells like. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, it It's just, classically COVID. It just smells like Lysol spray. Like whatever proprietary scent. Oh, yeah. Scent. It really does. Yeah. Yep. There it's, you go. It's a proprietary uh, <laughs> scent, whatever it is. It's Clorox. It's Clorox. Um, the wipes. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. A fresh I scent. Mean, mm-hmm. I, yeah, people do want to feel like they're <laughs> smelling sanitized. Classically COVID. I'm envisioning oh the perfume commercial for Classically COVID, and obviously someone's wearing a mask most of the commercial, except when they're so tempted by the delicious aroma of classically COVID, they slowly <laughs> remove their mask. Oh, they did. And remove their mask. <laughs> oh my goodness! It, it's it's both a scent and a disinfectant. I, I mean, you have described Lysol. If you, but if it, that actually is a thing. Weirdly enough, I have um, a hydrosol that is like meets the disinfectant alcohol requirements that mm. is you know a, a it's a perfume it's supposed to be a body spray <laughs> okay so that's really know. funny <laughs> that, that is a real thing oh my goodness anyway oh my classically gosh. covid classically yeah. covid anyway <laughs> oh and if anybody was wondering um it's the happy planner that I'm using. I'll link to the the version that I use. Oh, I've been so tempted every time it pops up. I just I want the thing and the accessories. They're a little I ex- love the thing and the accessories. They're a little bit expensive. Just FYI. That's why I didn't buy it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed. <laughs> because th- <sighs> there's OCD involved. Sure. I'm not allowed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Um, I, I'm limited <laughs> to my organization um, opportunities. Otherwise, I drive myself crazy. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited that Classically COVID exists now. <laughs> I feel like we should yeah. make a, uh, a ridiculous video, um, a, a short video commercial of... All of us. I'll add it to my intentions list. I'll add it to my intentions list for the next six months. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. On that note, (laughs) thank you for listening to the Very Serious Crafts podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. 
You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. And finally, if you are a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, please leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. It's Indeed. true. And, and without that, uh, how would we ever come up with these brilliant ideas? Classically COVID. Yep. <laughs> See, and now you're going to be singing it. Aren't All you day. excited? Absolutely. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, bye-bye. Bye for now. Bye, guys. <laughs>